It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Uno, dos, trace. Three, two, one. Man, Red Nation. Tough loss tonight, especially... Against one of our Texas rivals, man. That's just not a game you want to lose, Michael Brown. No, it's not. It's always a pleasure to be with you, sir. Um, Freaking Mavericks, man. Like, I mean, in order of teams that I just absolutely hate, the Mavericks are definitely in the top three. I don't think it's higher than the Jazz. I think they're at number two. It's probably Jazz... Jazz Mavericks Spurs are the teams that I hate the most mm-hmm. in the NBA. Yeah. You know, this game could have gone a lot of different ways tonight. They could have they could have just gotten blitzed in the first quarter and then just folded. They could have just folded in the third quarter when they were down. But the Rockets were able to pull two big comebacks tonight. And unfortunately, the third run that the Mavericks had 
was just enough. It, the Rockets never had any more time to counter. They lose this one 113-100. James Harden led, or excuse me, Christian Wood led all Rockets with 23. Harden with 21 and 10 assists. Eric Gordon, 20 off the bench. And then for uh, Dallas, 33 from Luka. After not playing last night against Chicago, 33 points, 16 boards, 11 assists. No answer for Luka tonight. And Tim Hardaway as well, 30 off the bench. There was He was 8 of 10 from 3. 80% from beyond the arc, Mike. Sometimes you just got to say, hey, you got to tip your cap and just move on. I mean, I was the sharpshooter for Team Houston Maccabi multiple years in a row, so I know what it feels like to be a sharpshooter, as Tim Hardaway Jr. is. But good God, 8 of 10 from the three-point line is just disgustingly good. Luka Doncic was special tonight. I mean, he was great. I mean, the kid is just a flat-out star. There's no other way to put it. Uh, and he put all of those skills on the table tonight, or on the court, I should say. This game, for me, highlighted two gigantic red flags with the Rockets roster right now. Mm-hmm. And if the Rockets don't find a way to get these two areas addressed, they're in real trouble. Well, let's talk about the first one. And oh. I'm going to try to guess where you're coming from here. One of these red flags. I'm okay. going to say, I think... The Rockets have a red flag with DeMarcus Cousins. Uh, sort of. Was that okay? So let's let's talk about this sort of red flag that I guessed and you're gonna you're gonna explain. Okay. Um th- look, the bottom line is the Rockets have a problem with their front line. Uh as a whole. Christian Wood, I think, is getting better as a defensive, uh, let's call it a shot blocker inside presence. But when Christian, Christian Wood's not, he's not thick enough. He's not big enough. He doesn't play big enough inside to bolster a front line consistently for a team. The Rockets, I mean, and with Cousins getting, uh, uh, ejected tonight. The Rockets have nothing beyond those two guys up front. Yeah. They don't have one guy who's a consistently good rebounder outside of of Cousins and Wood. You know who? You know who Christian Wood reminds me of a little bit, uh, at least size wise. Uh, no. He reminds me of Giannis early in his career. You remember when Giannis was like a rookie? That dude needed to eat a sandwich. He was like super, super skinny. And it was good because he had a lot of potential. And then as he, you know, built muscle over his career, it allowed him to do different things. So when he got from, you know, around 215, 220, he was able to, you know, be that guy on the wing that, you know, could be defensively the wingspan. That was like his benefit. But then... He added that extra 20 pounds, and that allowed him to be more of a playmaker, a you know shot creator, that kind of thing. And I think Christian Wood is I'm not going to say he's going to be at Giannis's level at any time during his career, but I think that's what he needs. He needs like 20 or so more pounds to be that guy because the wingspan is there, the physical is there. I think 20 to 30 pounds of muscle would do him so much uh, in the long run. Now. 
the Rockets, and, I, and the reason why I say DeMarcus Cousins is because you notice that the Rockets' best lineup tonight was their tape wagon lineup, where Jay Sean Tate's at the five. And to me, DeMarcus Cousins is going to get these minutes and all that, but I honestly think, Mike, this tape wagon lineup, we saw it on on um, we saw it against the Kings on Saturday. We saw it today. The small ball lineup for the Rockets really works, and it's probably their best way to get out of the hole like they did tonight or push them into the lead for good like it did on Saturday. I agree with you, but it, it, to me, that's not sustainable. They, they, it's, it's fun for, for spurts in a game early in the year, but the league will eventually catch up to it. But, right. I mean, the, the Mavericks tonight, flat out, I mean, Rick Carlisle just, just outcoached his, uh, his former lead assistant. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, they had, they had defensive schemes ready for Harden out the wazoo tonight, and the, the Rockets weren't ready for it. You know, Daniel House being a late scratch did not help the situation tonight. Mm-hmm. The three-point shooting – uh, tonight, I mean, 11 from 40, that's not going to get it done. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually two additional uh, red flags uh, for me, so not just two. There's three in total. Uh, but one of them uh, is the fact that they need to add – they need to get some size on this team. Yeah. Like one guy that I'm so upset that they let go of last year that would be so perfect on this team is Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah, I think Isaiah Hartenstein fits this – team a lot better the reason why he was let go um from the rockets i think was large in part to the the direction the rockets were heading which was small ball and that did not you know that team didn't work with isaiah hartenstein but this team would have and yeah that's a little bit unfortunate that things just went out that way and mm-hmm. look he's he's in the rotation in denver you know a contender and you could you could argue that he would have a spot on the scene, but yeah, they, they're probably going to go for another big with their open roster spot or in the buyout market or via a trade or something like that, that they need a defensive big. I think that that's more so what's lacking. They don't necessarily need another offensive guy. They have that in Christian Wood. They have that in the Marcus cousins. They need someone that can just protect the paint because yeah. that would do them some wonders. It's something that, you know, Christian Wood is there, but, that's not really his specialty. They need a specialist that's a paint protector. They have, but then also the weird thing about that is PJ is turned not into a three and D specialist. He's a defensive specialist at this point. He's okay, but that he's my second red flag, dude. He he doesn't look right right now. Like he he has moments. He had a block. What did he have? He took a charge tonight, or he. he on, on somebody in the second quarter, he had one he one field goal attempt. He scored no points. I think yeah. that's the second time this season that he has scored no mm-hmm. points in a game. You can't get no points out of your starting one of your starting forwards. It's it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Unless the defense is there, which it was um, in the other game in which he didn't score. It was on New Year's Eve where. He was strong enough on the defensive end that it made up for what he lacked on the offensive end. And tonight, it didn't do that because that 
starting five just did not have a good night. That was, you know. They didn't have a good night, but, I mean, individually, defensively, if you want to keep P.J. Tucker on the court, he has to be a a shutdown presence on his man. I mean, he didn't cover Tim Hardaway Jr. tonight. He didn't cover Doncic. He didn't cover – I mean, he didn't cover anybody. You know, he didn't cover Josh Richardson. I mean, anybody he was on the night scored. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you're not performing it, what you're – like, at this point, P.J. has turned into a – defensive specialist for this team on last year's team he was a three and d specialist because he was in the corner shooting threes because that was a huge part of the rockets offense and this year you're not really seeing that so that's kind of that's kind of declined his value with the rockets i'm sure he can be more valuable similar to what he did last year on on different teams but with this Rocket team, you have to basically take this team, although there are some pieces that are still there, like Harden, like Daniel House, like P.J. Tucker, like Eric Gordon, it's a totally different team. And you have to, and, and some pieces fit better than others. And we talked, I talked a little bit about that on our last episode, where I think Eric Gordon is benefiting from this uh, style change. I think we've seen strong Strong games from EG these these first three games of the season. But guys like Daniel House and P.J. Tucker, it's ultimately become, you know, a negative. And it's either, you know, get going or got to get going, you know? No, I, I totally do. I, I do think that a couple more games like this, we have to start asking ourselves – is it time to put Jay Sean Tate in the starting lineup and put PJ Tucker on the bench? I, mm-hmm. You can't look at a kid like Jay Sean Tate, who was a plus five tonight in 25 minutes on the court. And Jay Sean P- had a good night. Huh? I think Jay Sean had a good night tonight. No, I mean, he's, he's putting in consistently good nights thus far this season. PJ Tucker was a minus 18 on the court tonight with one field goal attempt. That's not good enough. I mean, Jay Sean Tate was three of six tonight from the court. You know, you have a bench brigade of P.J. Tucker, Eric Gordon, and Daniel House. You could do a lot worse than that. And another thing, three minutes on the court, DeMarcus Cousins had two buckets tonight. Like, DeMarcus Cousins is going to be a player for this team. He is not going to be a guy that we're going to look to and say he should be playing less minutes because he's, they're going to give him – on a night-in, night-out basis, somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes a night, depending mm-hmm. on the night, and that's perfect for me. Yeah. So, but P.J. Tucker is a problem. Like, right now, he's, he's not an NBA-caliber starting forward. The way he's playing, he just isn't. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm not there yet, but it's, it's getting closer for me. But I think also another thing, too, is – if Jay Sean Tate was playing like PJ Tucker and PJ Tucker was playing like Jay Sean Tate, who like when PJ was here his first season, that was like every we were that's when we fell in love with PJ, right? Mm-hmm. And I think we're we're seeing a, yet again another comparison of Jay Sean Tate and PJ Tucker where Jay Sean Tate's trajectory kind of mirrors P.J. Tucker's a little bit, at least through, you know, five games. I I mean, look, the first game P.J. Tucker had in Houston, it was against Golden State. He dropped 20 off the bench in a win on the road. That was the one where uh, 
Katie had the game winner that um, was ruled after the buzzer. But that was when those were like the first moments of PJ and in, in his career with the Rockets. And we were like, wow, this dude puts it all on the line every night on both ends of the floor. Like that dude is our guy. And I think we kind of saw PJ as, you know, okay, he was a trade cast off from the previous season. And there's very li- low expectations for PJ. And with Jay Sean Tate, like we d- we got this dude off the street. Like it wasn't like he was anywhere important in the NBA, at least last season. So it's not like we're losing much if Jay Sean Tate is bad. He's on a minimum rookie contract. And if he doesn't pan out, he doesn't pan out. But with PJ, we're at this point where we expect something out of PJ. And I- like when PJ started, we, we didn't have many, many expectations with PJ. But now we have expectations because of what he's been able to do. And he's not meeting those expectations. So I think that's why fans might be a little bit on top of him and might not enjoy what he has to bring. And they're going to say, oh, get him out of here and all that. And that noise, I think, is slowly rumbling. I think what we're seeing is fans are starting to get a little bit you know, frustrated. And all that I say is just wait until February 1st. We are four weeks away. Give this team four weeks. That'll give them another 12 games to really get to know each other, the flow of the game and this team. And then you can start forming those kind of opinions. You need a more, you need a stronger sample size. And 20 is still a small sample size. But the, the writing was on the wall last year with Tucker. That no, he's a one Mike, because I think. No, I, but he, no, 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 no. But I'm saying that he's a one trick pony. I can't, I can't compare PJ Tucker this year to last year. I know I kind of just did with with my with my last analogy, but I think every anything you had from last year, throw it out the window cuz it's a totally different team. Steven mm. Silas has turned this team around and they are playing such a different brand of basketball. It is a totally different team. So that's but, why we but we still expect things out of PJ because we know what he can bring and we know what he can provide. But but what I'm saying is individually, I know exactly what he is. He's the same player he was last year. He's the his his offensive repertoire doesn't automatically change from a different system under Silas. He's a guy who will hit the corner three. He will ev- once in a blue moon will drive the ball to the bucket, and you expect him to play great individual defense. This year, he's taken a step back from that offensively and a step back from that defensively. He's gotten worse from last year. Well, offensively, it's because of the system he's in. He's in a system that doesn't favor his strengths. Right, but he, you, you should – but I, I don't know about that. I just don't think he's looking for his shot as much. He, so had, he, he had open shots tonight. He didn't take them. Every time, so basically, look, the Rockets last year had very little pick and roll in their repertoire uh, on offense. There was the corner, like every time they would usually pick and roll, they would go for the corner three because usually the guys setting the screens were in the corner. And so basically they've taken away that corner three kick out with the pick and roll with Christian Wood, which works really well, by the way. Uh, I've, I was very happy with the amount of alley-oops I saw tonight. Um, it's the safest shot in basketball. It's safer, um, you know, it's, it's safe because it's a dunk. Dunks are high efficiency, high efficiency shots. So hey, 
I'm all for dunks. And look, the Rockets, I think they, you know, they shot 47% tonight. Or excuse me, no. They shot 39% tonight. That was the Mavericks. I looked at the wrong number. But, you know, they shot a lot from outside because they were down a lot. And that's why the numbers are down. That's why the percentages are down. Because they basically forced themselves to play iso ball. And they, I think James Harden kind of got a little bit, um, like, worried. And he's like, okay, let me take this game by myself. And he didn't – he kind of strayed away from what the, the what the Rockets are supposed to be doing now, which is more ball movement, more moving around without the basketball, versus iso ball, which he was so accustomed to yet last year. Not that Harden's not capable of it, but, you know, on a night where Harden isn't, you know, on his usual game, and to be fair, that's the last two games we've had, the ball movement has helped. And look, we, we know Harden won the first game at the Kings. So we know that this works and, you know, nearly won the Blazers game. We know that Harden can work in a system like this. It just, he needs to, you know, execute that. And I can understand why he didn't tonight because they were down and all that, but sticking to the plan is, is ultimately what's going to work out best. I think that's why the Rockets got back in the game the first time they were down and the second time they were down because they played their brand of basketball. Unfortunately, they just allowed the Mavericks to make too many shots and, you know, let Tim Hardaway open too much. That's really the reason why they lost this game. Yeah. I, uh, amongst other reasons, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I mean, it was a tough loss. I mean, they, they dug a, they dug a hole too deep early in the game and they, you know, every time the Rockets tried to climb back into it, they just couldn't. Yeah. But the, the last thing, and I don't know if this is a fair assessment from just this game, but I'm telling you I've seen it pop up multiple times early in the season, and it's only going to get worse from here. The Rockets are in desperate need of a backup point guard. I mean, yeah. desperate. Oh, my God. Like, they need a backup point guard. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I mean, I, like we we were kind of talking about that a little bit on the last show. Yeah, we had someone mentioned George Hill. I I would I would do a lot of things for George Hill. I mean, not even that. Like, I honestly think that it's possible that they have the guy on the roster now. Like, I would like to see what Mason Jones. Yeah, I mean, give Mason Jones some minutes because right now. The Rockets, there are too many times through the first five games, and it's going to take the Rockets a minute to get their legs under them because they do have a lot of guys on this roster that are that are older. You know, John Wall and Jones is older. Uh, you know, Eric Gordon, like those types of guys. Getting Ben McLemore will help. Uh, they need to get rid of Bruno Caboclo because he's useless. Yeah, I think I think his days are numbered. I think I think we're going to learn very quickly. I would personally, if we're looking at backup point guards that the Rockets could go out and get right now, I like J.J. Barea. I know that he's not in the best playing shape. He's probably not the most talented guy, but he knows the system. He's a guy that can eat up a couple minutes in that point guard rotation, but not every night. Like, I think the Rockets are going, from what we've seen, the Rockets are going to stick to an eight, nine man rotation. I'm surprised that Steven Silas is doing that. Um, but 
I think, well, like what we saw tonight, look, DeMarcus Cousins, you know, got ejected in the second quarter or, excuse, or like in the first half. It was the second quarter, right? Yes. Yeah. So ejected in the second quarter. He only played three minutes. He kept the same eight guys in the rotation. Like he didn't go to Cabolo. He didn't go uh, Ben McLemoran. Maybe he didn't want to play Ben McLemoran because he just came off quarantine. So I can understand that. Um, it would have been, it would have helped to have Daniel House tonight. Um, but then again, and, and that might have altered the minutes a little bit. I don't know. I think that I think the what you can take away from tonight is this team is not a finished product yet, and that's okay. It's it's still very early in the season, a lot of time to go, but you can tell that you can tell that this team is going to have some growing pains. And the teams that can get past those growing pains quickly will benefit in the end. So hopefully the Rockets will be one of those teams. Perfectly put. Yeah. So let's look ahead to Wednesday. We got the Indiana Pacers on the road. They had a wild uh, game tonight. They went to overtime with the Pelicans. And they had uh, DeMontis Sabonis, who's been their best player so far this season. He fouled out. He fouled out about 345 left in the game. And they were down nine, maybe. Pacers came back, tied the game, went to overtime, won in overtime. They're five and two. They're five and two right now. The Pacers are legit. I know they're the one team in the last couple of years that has slid under the radar. After the after Paul George left, they have slid under the radar, and they are so good. They are they're a really good basketball team. So Mike, what can we expect from the Rockets when they face the Pacers on Wednesday? Uh, if they don't t- if the Rockets don't tighten up their defense, they're going to give up about 145 points on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. You know, Victor Oladipo, you know, tonight at 25 points, 8 of 17 from the field. I mean, this is a guy, I mean, this is a team that plays really sound offensive basketball. You know, you look at their their main five, they've got size too. I mean, the Rockets are going to have to play you know, they got Miles Turner and, you know, Sabonis to worry about. Uh, they're the, like the Rockets. They go about nine guys deep. You know, Justin Holiday, TJ Mc- TJ McConnell's a perfect example of what the Rockets need. They just need yeah. a guy to come in, give them some decent minutes, score some buckets, play some decent defense. Um, but those are the guys that I'm, I'm looking to. You know, Malcolm Brogdon played 46 minutes tonight. He had 21 points. I mean, they're just solid. They're a really solid team, and the Rockets have to tighten up their defense. And and James Harden is going to have to come to play. You know, tonight he had an off night. I mean, Luka outplayed him tonight. Mm-hmm. And, and Silas, the more games he coaches, uh, the better he, you know, the better he's going to get. So we'll we'll see. I think it's well put. This is a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Harden My Take. Follow us on Twitter at Harden My Take. And you can also, we are the official podcast of thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Go and follow the Dreamshake on Twitter at DreamshakeSBN. You can give us a like over on Facebook if you're over there as well. Be sure to also follow my co pilot, Mr. Michael Brown, on Twitter at UH Big Red Hat Guy. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner, J E R E M Y. B-R-E-N-E-R. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.